0: One, two, three. Yep, that's three dimensions Joel Larsgaard shares that will help you elevate your financial life and more coming up in episode 146. Tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down to earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Bienvenida, welcome. I am excited you have joined me today. This is Jen Hempel, your host, and I'm excited to introduce you to a fantastic guest with a great resume. But before we get into it, I'm curious, did you do the bid year shakeout? If you haven't, go back and listen to episode 145, will you? Now, to today's episode, the guest that we have, as I mentioned, has such a great resume. The biggest piece is that he has been Clark Howard's producer for over 10 years, which definitely gives him some fantastic insight into personal finance. In this episode, you are going to learn the lessons he learned as a teen from his parents filing bankruptcy. You're also going to learn the three dimensions he implemented to be better with money than his parents were. And you're also going to learn his best savings tips for cell phone plans. There's some killer tips there. Travel and eating out. Now, let me share with you a little bit about Joel Larsgaard. Besides him having an important role at Clark Howard, he is also a writer A podcaster at poornotpoor.com, which is a site dedicated to helping people live a rich life on less money. He's also passionate about helping people live life to the fullest, which requires a lot less money than you think. He's also a real estate investor and a proud father of two adorable girls. Let's go meet Joel. Vamos a conocer a Joel. Bienvenido, Joe, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am thrilled to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me, Jen. I'm so pumped to be here.
0: Well, I wanted to get to know. Uh, we've been connecting for woof, several months now, uh, back and forth, and different emails. And so, I've gotten to know you a little bit, but I'm really curious about your money story. How did you grow up around money? What did you hear? What did you see? What did you experience?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and. I have an interesting history with money. My parents, as it turns out, I feel like usually you either learn from your parents either the good way or the bad way of how they handled money. And in my situation, my parents just weren't great with money. They're phenomenal people. They're the best people, uh, but they weren't great with money. And so as it turns out, when I was in my early teenage years, they filed for bankruptcy. We had a car repossessed. And those were just tenuous times in our house. My parents thought about money a lot. They get along super well, and and they love each other deeply. But money was this source of contention in the household. And seeing that, it just made me want money never to be an issue. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be rich by any stretch of the imagination. That's not my goal. But I don't want money to be an issue in my house um, when I have my own house someday. So that's kind of like the driving force for me behind why I care about money, why I want to talk about it, why I want to help people with their money, because I want to make sure that people have the security when it comes to finances to rest easy at night, to not fight with their significant other and to kind of have a a level headed approach to their money.
0: Right. So you mentioned your parents filed bankruptcy and this was you said teen years or how old were you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like 12 or 13.
0: 12 or 13. So can you take us back to because you probably saw a lot what did that feel like for you and that time did you understand what that meant or what did you understand it to mean at that time?
1: Yeah, in that moment you know in in uh, over those couple of years, I understood bits and pieces I understood that money had a lot of influence over a home uh, and that it could make people happy or unhappy in, in a lot of ways that it put you in a position of security or a position of insecurity and so i knew that our family was kind of in this position of insecurity it kind of wormed its way into every element of our lives for instance my mom she really wanted to stay at home with the kids she wanted to stay at home with us i've got two sisters and that was something that she desired deeply but because of money it wasn't possible and so i saw it spider its way into all these elements of life and i realized you know money's not the end all be all but wow it's really important to determining whether you can lead the life you want to lead eventually, or whether you're going to be kind of stuck in a rut.
0: Right. So as they were going through this bankruptcy, did they, because you mentioned they weren't good with money, they're fantastic people, fantastic parents, did they talk to you about money at all? Or you just basically, you were just an observant of what was going on those years?
1: Yeah, I was pretty much an observer. I think because too it can be a shameful thing if you're not good with money if your money is constantly a point of contention in your life and in your life with your spouse I think it becomes difficult to talk about especially with your kids you want to hide it you don't want to be open with them you don't want them to know about the struggles that you're dealing with and I think that's probably there's a certain element where that's good like you don't want to be telling your kids all of your problems but you also need to kind of foster a, a little bit of openness so that you know, they can learn from some of the things that you're going through. And so no, I, I was kind of a, a bystander, an observer. My room was across from theirs and I would you know, hear some of the arguments at night mm. um, as, I, as I was going to bed. And so there was no real open conversation about it. I kind of had to learn uh, on my own later on. Looking back, I was like, well, I don't want that to be the case for me and my wife. And so how do I change my life? What do I have to do to ensure that we're not constantly arguing about money, that that's not a point of contention in our marriage. And so it just kind of motivated me for the future to do things differently.
0: Right. And so with that motivation to do things differently, what have you done differently or what kind of things have you implemented in your life to really create that life where money is not really an issue where it's more of an ease? So what have you implemented? What kind of things have you done?
1: Yeah, I think starting off a frugal, a simple lifestyle. So I think that's the easiest place to start for people to cut down on what you're spending and to to live a simpler lifestyle. And so smaller spaces, older cars, you know, all those things can help contribute to being better with money. If you've got a smaller mortgage or rent payment because you decided to live in a much smaller house, I mean, we have a family of four, me and my wife and our two girls, and we live in a two-bedroom, one-bath house. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people decide, you know, what I need the 2,500 square foot house, but that costs money, and it costs money to heat and cool, and it costs more for insurance, and it costs—I mean, the costs just add up, and you don't think about those things when you're buying a house. And so, yeah, stuff like that—we just we live simply, and we decide to live frugally and to save a lot of our money so that it's working for us. And ultimately, like I mentioned, that my mom wanted to stay home with us uh, while we were kids, mm-hmm. it just wasn't possible because. They didn't handle their money well. And so my goal was, you know what? If my wife wants to work, that's great. She should. But if she doesn't want to have to work, I want to be able to provide that opportunity for her. And so part of that for me was getting into real estate investing. And so I have a small portfolio, just three rental houses, but that income kind of provides that side income that a partner might provide. And so that just gave her the ability and the flexibility with our two young girls. For a long time, she didn't work. Now she's working 10 hours a week and it's just given us that ability to kind of make those choices and choose how we want to live life, not let our money or lack thereof actually make those decisions for us.
0: I love that. And something that you mentioned because you were sharing with us how the, the space that you live in. So there's four people in your family, two bedroom, right? One bath.
1: Two ba- That's right.
0: And and that works for you. And and I wanted to bring that up because, uh, like you mentioned, other people feel like they have to have a bigger household, which of course will cost more. But its I think it's really important to bring in the conversation here is that to define what will make you happy, right? So what does that look like? Not what society or what the media or the TV portrays as what will make you happy, like the big house, the, the fancy cars, but really what that is for you. And I love that you've defined it. You're like, hey, we're a family of four. We're happy in this two bedroom, one bath house. This works for us. We're doing some real estate. We're doing a lot of fantastic things. And you really, I feel like you really asked yourself what would that look like for you and what would make you happy, which I think a lot of people forget to do. They think to do what is portrayed, right? What we see in everyday life versus what does it really take to for you to be fulfilled and happy? So I'm glad that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think most people kind of float through life and they kind of tend to do what they see the people around them doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I were to do that, I'd be living a totally different life than the way, you know, I, and my life now is so different than the way I grew up. And that's on purpose. I've taken a lot of things, a lot of tradition, a lot of the the values that my parents have instilled in me. And those are the things that, you know, make me a part of who I am, but the consumeristic tendencies and the decision in how big of a house to live in or how new of a car to drive, you know, I've totally abandoned those things because, you know, those things don't make up who you are. And you know, what you were just saying, I think too, people look happy on the outside maybe, or you see someone that's got this nice house and this nice car, but ultimately you have no idea what's keeping them up at night, whether they're fighting with their spouse constantly about money, whether their kids are overhearing that and what their dynamic is like as a family, whether they're right. working 70 hours a week in order to make these lifestyle choices happen, and ultimately just regretting and feeling bad that They don't have the lifestyle that they want. And so I think be proactive, list out your priorities, your life priorities. You can make them happen, but uh, you have to actually be thoughtful and sit down and say, what is it that I want out of life? And how can I make my money work for me in order to make those things happen in my life?
0: Right. And the other piece is just figuring out your why, right? Because that will drive everything else or that will really keep you in action, when you figure out what that why is? Because I know one thing that you had mentioned to me was how figuring out your why of money to create a cohesive attitude towards money. So I wanted to talk about what that means for you.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple things. First, you have to you really do have to list out those life priorities. Like what is it that I really want out of life? And is it I want my spouse to stay home to, or to have that choice at least? Is it that I want my kids to go to private school or public school? list out your life priorities and you can't afford to do everything, right? You can't afford to travel to Fiji next week and send your kids to private school and buy the 3,000 square foot house. So, uh, you know, life is a series of decisions, but you have to list out your priorities. And then I think you have to brainstorm the possibilities of what your life can look like if you decide to implement some of these changes. And I think people get stuck. They think that their current situation determines the rest of their life, but it's usually, it's a series of slow moves that takes us toward that goal that we're at. So let's say you want to travel to Fiji. Well, you you probably can't do it next week, but you probably can go five years from now if you start to make some decisions in your life and implement them slowly over time. So uh, think about what your actual priorities in life are. Maybe you see on Instagram that your friends are traveling to all these exotic places and it's kind of fun to look at, but that's not your ultimate goal. Well, don't focus on that. And maybe you need a car to get you to and from work, but you don't really care if you drive a fancy car or not. That's a great way to save money too. So you need to list out your priorities, brainstorm the possibilities of what your life could look like, and then act accordingly. Uh, cut the things out that you've deemed to be not important. So when I sat down and did this exercise for myself, I said, uh, "You know, what are the things that are important to me? I like to drink really fancy beers, <laughs> and I spent, <laughs> I spent, and we talk about that on my show." you know we drink a fancy beer every time we record our podcast and you know sometimes they're literally you know 18 to 20 dollar beers they're really expensive and probably most people are like but you talk about saving money that's crazy why would you drink beers that cost that much well it's because that's one of the few priorities that i've designated in my life is that you know it obviously in complete moderation but i like to drink a really good beer every once in a while and then another thing was travel we like to allocate you know a good chunk of our budget every year to travel uh, and so, but you can't do it all. So, you have to allocate those things properly and then cut back as much as you can in the areas that don't matter much to you.
0: Definitely. No, that makes sense. Cause I know for us, travel is a big one. And we were actually a one car family for seven years. And we all just right. recently bought a second car. And it's crazy because I'm actually doing a podcast on this because we. In that time that we became a one car family that we, I cried when we gave that car away. We had a car that we had purchased when we first got married. It was paid off, but it had been all over in South America. It was literally, it was done. You know, we ran it yeah. 10 years. It did its time, but at that time we actually were moving again. And when we were moving, we were living on base. All my husband had to do was go to his office and I work from home. So there was really no need in our eyes to have a second car and we made it work and And it just kind of continued from there. And from there, we just saved, we did the quote unquote Dave Ramsey thing and put that car payment, what we would have been paying a car payment away for the future car. And that was just something um that we did. But definitely, I think, identifying those priorities, looking at what your values are and really taking a quick look at where you're spending your money. To take a look at your statements, bank statements, credit card statements, and making sure that what you're spending on aligns with those values, right? Yeah, um, I think
1: most people at the end of the month, they get their credit card statement and they look through it. And they're like, wait, I spent money on that? Wait, why Why yes. didn't I put money towards towards this? And so it's really, it's actually empowering. You sit down and you look at the things that you actually care about in your heart and you put them down on paper and you make those things a priority. And then you decide to cut back in those other areas. So then in the future, when you get your credit card statement, you're like, yeah, that, that reflects my values. That reflects what I care about and how I want my money to be spent.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, one of the th- your things is, is beer, which I want to talk about your podcast In a moment, it's called poor, not poor. But before we do that, because you have had a lot of experience, not just in life, but you've worked with Clark Howard. I want to hear from you some of like maybe the best saving tips. Like maybe in my mind is the cell phone because we just added my other son on the, on our cell phone plan, but let's talk maybe cell phone plans. What are some probably the biggest savings that uh, you have learned either from experience or from? Working with Clark Howard, uh, tell us uh, I'd love to hear all the savings yeah. tips you have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. well yeah, I will say working with Clark I've worked for Clark as a producer on his radio show for 11 years now and it's been awesome and actually I think you know after growing up and, and seeing all the things all the money problems that my parents had, actually working for Clark kind of helped me instead of just being incredibly frugal. And almost like miserly with my money, and it, it kind of helped me think about money in a positive way. So working with Clark's been great for me. When it comes to cell phones, that's like one of the quickest places that you can save money in your uh, monthly budget. And so there's a, a, a few things you should consider if you're a single individual. You should consider uh, signing up with a company like Republic Wireless. They've got a $15 unlimited talk and text plan and you pay $5 per gig of data on top of that. So stay on Wi-Fi. If you're on Wi-Fi at work and home, you really don't need much data on the go. Uh, and so Republic Wireless is a great option. Also, if you have Comcast internet service at your home, uh, Xfinity has an awesome deal on cell phone service. $12 for unlimited talk and text and a gig of, of data. And that's even on Verizon's network, which is, you know, as you know, Jen, it's one of the best networks that you can be on. Right. Um, so they've got great service. So 12 bucks a month if you have their home internet product, you can get their cell phone service too and add that on.
0: I did Uh, not know that.
1: Yeah. So if you're on there, man, go save a bunch of money and stay on Verizon's network because they do have a great network.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because that's what we have been hesitating on because we have Verizon. And then being that we're military, we move. And I know for some of the cell phone carriers if you will it just all depends on when you live too in terms of their service how good their service is or not and that has always been my hesitation so for some company like republic wireless are they good everywhere i know they're good on prices <laughs> for yeah they know
1: they are And that's the thing. Most of these, what you call like second tier carriers are Mm -hmm. still, they're on the backbone of, and it's easy to find out. You can kind of do some digging on the internet to figure out what backbone they run on. So Republic Wireless, I believe they run on a combo, but they're mostly on T-Mobile's backbone. And also, if people are Verizon users, there's another service called Total Wireless that has some cheap cell phone plans and cheap family plans, and they run on Verizon's backbone as well. So those are the ways that if you really want to stay on like the best network, which, which is Verizon, they've got a great network, Total Wireless or Xfinity is a great way to do that. And if you're a family looking for family cell phone plans, Metro PCS has a great deal, four lines for $100. And I'm on Sprint. I think Sprint has some of the best deals out there right now. Um, if the service is good in your area, and you can do five lines for 100 bucks, And uh, they also have good overseas plans that are free. T-Mobile and Sprint have good overseas plans. So if you do travel internationally a bunch, Sprint and T-Mobile are worth looking at. And Jen, for you in particular, since you're a Verizon customer, you can switch to Sprint and get free service for a year. How about that?
0: Oh, wow. Really? Huh. Yeah. I'm going to look into that and see. That so, is awesome. I knew I was going to learn. I'm like, let's talk about cell phones. And that was my little selfish <laughs> uh, question no, so here. Bring, It'll bring help your, someone. Your,
1: yeah. So bring your actual cell phones right now that you and your family have mm-hmm. over to Sprint and uh, you can literally get free service for an entire year. Never have a cell phone bill.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm going to look into that sprint. Okay. Awesome. Now we talked about travel. You like to travel. I love to travel as well. What are some of your favorite ways to save on travel?
1: Yep. So I've got a few. I think first and foremost, travel in the United States. There's so many cheap airlines uh, in the United States now with JetBlue and Spirit, if you (laughs) don't mind abiding by some of their crazy rules and some of their crazy fees. And Southwest, there's all these great ways to travel around the United States. Also, just hop in your car and go drive, you know seven, eight hours away. We have some.
0: Seven- Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you.
1: It a diverse country that it's really fun and in eight hours from wherever you currently are, you can likely be somewhere with a completely different topography. Mm -hmm. in a completely different city with a different culture. And so I love to travel the U S we have an amazing national park system. It's way more diverse than you would think. And so I've done a bunch of traveling around our country and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. You don't have a new language that you got to learn. There's no, there's no new currency that you have to, that you have to pick up at the airport. Uh, So the the barrier to entry into traveling around our country, I mean, there's almost none. Uh, If you have a car or a, few extra bucks for a plane ticket. Um, If you are traveling internationally, I would say the biggest tips in order to save money on travel is be flexible with your dates Mm -hmm. and with your destinations. So if you're willing to go Tuesday to Tuesday, if you're willing to go in April as opposed to July, uh, you can save the most money traveling. And also let the deal kind of determine where you go as opposed to picking your destination ahead of time. So I've kind of done this and I've been able to go internationally for, you know, in the $500 range to a bunch of different places, to Norway, to Ireland. And so if I had picked, you know what, I want to go to Norway and I want to go at this point in time, I might have spent $1,500 for tickets. But I let the deal determine that and booked a cheap ticket to Norway. Uh, as opposed to letting the destination be the determining factor.
0: I love that. There is a site, and I've had the owner on Scott's Cheap Flights. Are you familiar with him? And, uh,
1: yeah, he's oh, <laughs> the best. He
0: is fantastic. So, yeah, that's I've learned that from him as well, how definitely, especially traveling international, you just have to be flexible with the dates and where you're going. So, like you mentioned, allow the destination to determine where you're going. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and his his email service is the best way to oh do that. Oh my gosh! Yes, just notifications in your inbox. If you're ready to travel internationally, you know, let his emails essentially influence where you end up going and when you end up booking. Because he just shoots you an email almost every week, if not yes. a couple times a week. And yes. you know what? You're like, wow, four hundred bucks to the Azores. I'm going.
0: Absolutely. No, fantastic service that he does. I, I'm a big fan, <laughs> big, big fan of his. I haven't been able to take advantage of those deals yet. It just hasn't worked out because the lack of flexibility at the moment. But uh, I definitely, some one day it's going to work. It's going to work for us. Now, yeah, it is. <laughs> now, in terms of eating out, I'm sure you have some tips on that. Saving money. Because eating out oh, is where literally where where we overspend the most on. So how can we minimize if we like to eat out, enjoy that time with the family eating out? Where would you what do you suggest?
1: Yeah, so there's a I think there's a couple ways. I like to eat out. We live in a part of town that there's a bunch of great restaurants, and so you know, we like to eat out once a week, maybe twice a week. But you know, to save the most, you're going to want to limit how much you eat out. And so uh, the other ways to do it, eat out on weekdays if you can. Uh, there's specials all the time, for instance, and there are websites sometimes for each city that can help you see, you know, where the specials are where you live. So I live in Atlanta. There's a bunch of specials on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at a bunch of different restaurants around where I live. And so, you know, Wednesday nights we'll go out for five dollar burgers or dollar taco night on Tuesdays. There's all sorts of stuff like that. Let the day kind of determine when you go out to eat. Um, I love also it. Yeah, there's other restaurants in my area where kids eat free on Tuesdays. So we've got two kids, so it's worth it for us to go out and take our kids maybe on that night and they eat for free. So that's awesome. Sign up for your emails from your favorite restaurants. They will notify you of specials that they have or you know gift card deals. My favorite restaurant, my wife and I, our favorite restaurant. Every Christmas, they have a deal where you can buy $300 worth of gift cards for 200 bucks. Wow, and
0: that's a big that's a huge. Yeah. Have a huge
1: savings, and if yeah. we love to go there, we stack we stock up on that every year, uh, and then essentially we've got you know 33 percent savings every time mm-hmm. we go there to eat throughout the year. Just a couple more ideas: consider sharing an entree. You know, sometimes the portions at, at many of these restaurants are huge, and you can't eat it all, and you don't end up eating the leftovers. So consider sharing an entree, and then don't get dessert and have one drink because. Those things add up to the more beers you get, the dessert, all those other things. So try to keep that to a minimum.
0: I love how you mentioned the beers. I'm wondering if that's come from experience. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have I to answer have ordered, that.
1: <laughs> I may have ordered two one time.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. Speaking of beers, you have this amazing podcast uh, called Pour, as in pouring a drink, not Poor which I, I have absolutely enjoyed listening to and also enjoyed telling my husband, guess what I've learned about beer. I beer because I'm not a beer drinker. So I have shared my new knowledge. i be feeling all proud. And he's like, I cannot believe he didn't know that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't drink beer. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the podcast, Poor Not Poor. And why did you create it? Do you have a co-host as well? So how did that podcast come to be? And what do you talk about in the podcast?
1: Yeah, so uh, the podcast, I do it with my best friend, Matt, and we decided essentially at the worst outcome would be that we get together, we have a beer, and we talk about the subjects that we care about. Even if no one listens, you know, we got to hang out and have beers and talk about something that we care about. So essentially, that's why it was started. We love helping people and teaching people about money. uh, And this was kind of our way to do it, kind of putting our spin and our attitude on it. Uh, and so, yeah, we release an episode once a week covering a different money topic. And we drink a beer and we kind of tell the folks what we're drinking and uh, describe the beer that we're having. But yeah, we love talking about anything from saving money on insurance costs, from how we like love bikes. We like to take our kids around on bikes. I've got two little girls. He's got three little girls. Um, <laughs> so it's this kind of combination of of lifestyle and money and beer all formed into this one podcast. And we want to help people figure out their why of money and then figure out, you know, how do I go about implementing uh, money-saving tactics into my life in order to create the life that I really want.
0: Right. What I've loved about the podcast, besides learning about beer, because I have no knowledge of beer, is that basically the lifestyle piece, because the way that you all do the podcast, I love it because you go from your experiences, right? What you've learned, what you've implemented, what's worked, what hasn't worked, right? And I love those type of podcasts versus saying you need to do this (laughs) with your money. It's more of this is what's worked for me and this what hasn't worked for me, (laughs) Uh, which I definitely appreciate.
1: I think the thing is we decided going into it, you know, we're not Money experts or gurus. We're not CPAs or certified financial planners. You know, we don't have all the letters behind our names, but what we have is like, a, I think a savviness mm-hmm. and some experience. And so we care a lot about these things. Like when I write an article about how to save money on insurance costs, it's because I just shopped my insurance, you know, a month ago and I learned a bunch of stuff along the way that I think can help other people out. And also, you know, I've been in the money media side of things for over a decade working with Clark. I've heard almost every question imaginable and I've learned so much along the way. But kind of my take on on how to live life is a little different than Clark's because we're just different people. Right. And so, you know, my desire to live in a small community with knowing my neighbors and, you know, drinking fancy craft beers that cost too much money, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like it comes out differently. And I think people can relate to what we're putting out there in a different way and hopefully glean some information but hopefully they can walk away from every episode being able to say you know what I took this one thing or this these two things out that I can kind of take and put it into my life and change my life after listening to this episode just just like they do you know listening to your show
0: mhm right and plus like you mentioned your take and your view on money is different from Clark's and it's all because The values, what you want, your why, right? You know, is all different, and I, which is why it's it's so important. In which I love that the number of podcasts on personal finance are are growing. There's more. It seems like there's. I don't know if there's one coming out daily, but they seem to be coming out of the woodworks, and I love it because it's about the message that we give. So. I might tell you that you need to budget. I feel strongly about budgeting. And you may say the same thing, but just in a different way. And the person listening, it's all about that story, about the message and what they resonate with. And it might be the same exact message or the theme of the message, right? But it's said in a different way that makes a difference, which I why I'm so happy and so glad that you have a podcast and the different podcasts that are coming out. Just because it's needed. It's needed to hear from different people, from different experiences, from different perceptions, all of that, Uh, because it's all about what that one listener resonates with, right? That makes a world of a difference. So,
1: right. Yeah. And, you know, there's almost no personal finance education in the schools growing up. No. Uh, So, so. So essentially, most of us were raised and, you know, if we're lucky, we got parents that that taught us well about money. But for the most part, that's not true either. And so everything that we see on TV, on the radio, what we hear, what we see on billboards is, you know, live this lifestyle that's super cool and live it up to the max. And and what we see on social media and Instagram, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know what, this this is the way to have a great life. And it turns out that if you pursue that path, you're probably going to end up depressed and upset and in debt. And, and so, yeah, the different teachers out there, there's a lot of different people that teach in different ways. And you know what, that's, I think that's ultimately, you know, what I hope to be and what you are. I think we're, we're helping teach people from, you know, the experiences we've had, the mistakes we've made and the successes that we've had and, and just trying to help people see, you know what, there's, there's another way to live your life. that doesn't look like what society tells you it should look like. And ultimately when you kind of put that down, put down that magazine lifestyle, you're, you're going to be happier too.
0: Absolutely. I can't agree more. Joel, this has been so fantastic having you on the podcast today. I've really have enjoyed and appreciated all that you have shared today, your wisdom and everything and just learning and connecting more with you. It's been really, truly fantastic and a pleasure to have you on.
1: I've had so much fun. Muchas gracias, mi amiga.
0: Con gusto, mi amigo. Me alegro que al fin hablaste un poco más. That was seven? Was it seven years of Spanish?
1: It was at least seven years of Spanish. Okay, that was seven just,
0: years of Spanish.
1: <laughs> it didn't take very well.
0: No, you did great. You did great. So I appreciate you, Joel.
1: Thank you for having me, Jen.
0: So, what did you think? I hope that you enjoy that interview as much as I enjoy chatting with Joel. He really completely surprised me, if you couldn't tell, by finishing off that conversation in Spanish, which I thought was very cool. Now, I want to get into my takeaways, but first, let's do our mención semanal, our weekly shout-out. And this uh, week's goes to Sally. She has been a top contributor in our community, which is awesome, which means she's been really engaged, she's been jumping in, supporting, she's been asking questions, she's been posting, all that good stuff. And she was also the winner recently of our latest giveaway, which she won a sign book from me with the company workbook. And she also won herself a one-on-one coaching session with me. So what I really have loved about her participation, her positivity, her energy, definitely, I can sense a lot of energy, even though we haven't met in person. And it really shows that she is motivated to make a change in her financial life, which is exciting to see. And I definitely appreciate that, Sally. So way to go. Now, on today's episode. My takeaway are those dimensions. I call them a dimension. He didn't call it, but I wanted to be fancy. Let's get real. I was just trying to be fancy here. So those three dimensions that he took that really elevated his financial life were being frugal and just having a simple lifestyle. He talked about living in a smaller home or a smaller place with two bedrooms, one bath. He also found a way to bring in some extra income, which with his real estate properties. And the the third dimension was listing out his priorities in what was important to him what did him and his wife want their life to look like so those were the three dimensions that he talked about that as you can tell that has definitely made an impact in his life and has made his life better for that now i want to challenge you on really doing a list of those priorities making a list of what you want to do in your life and i'm sure you have it in your head put it on paper come on now just put it on paper I'm making a list of what those priorities are. Okay. And, but I want you to take it a step further. So I want you to list out your priorities. So do two columns, what your priorities are. And on the other, the second column, I want you to list out what has been happening in life. Right. And I want you to compare the two. Is what's been happening in life part of your priorities? Right. If they're not, then. I want you to think about, you know, do some digging and ask why that is happening. For example, let's say being healthy is one of your priorities. And I'm talking about me as well, because that is one of my priorities. And let's say you've been noticing that a significant amount of your money has been spent on fast food or eating out. So the next thing you want to do is ask why. Okay. So maybe the answers to that, and there's no right or wrong answer. This is really what the answer is your answer, right? So if in this case, if the priority is being healthy, you've been spending more money, a lot of a significant amount of money on fast food or eating out, then you ask yourself why. Maybe one of the answers is it could be a lack of meal planning or a meal prepping, right? It could be that you have a lot of going on in your life, more than usual on your plate. Did you see what I did there? That pun. Anyways, that was a squirrel moment. Uh, another answer could be that you're stressed about something or maybe a combination of these reasons or there's other reasons to this. So you want to ask why. After answering why, then you need to take it a step even further. And ask yourself, what can you do to change or shift this? So in the case of this fast food example, I may or may not be guilty. Uh, <laughs> it could be that you may need to take some responsibilities off your plate. There goes that pun again. Sorry. Uh, and so it may be taking those responsibilities off your plate. And it may be involving uh, or some responsibilities off your plate. Maybe involving the family if you're you're married, have kids. um, It may be involving the family in meal planning or prepping. It could be also to shift this. It could be finding activities that you enjoy doing to de stress your life. That way you can because if you take some time to de stress and take a moment for self care, take a moment to just breathe and just for your just own sanity. It's gonna fill your bucket back up. So. That way, because you only have so much bandwidth, and I've talked about this in other episodes and I talk about this in my book, but you only have so much bandwidth in your brain and we've got so many things going on on a daily basis that it's only natural that that bandwidth is taken over. And the only way to open up some bandwidth is to take care of you. Really, what that means is finding some activities that you enjoy or just taking a nap, <laughs> whatever that may be. So you can fill your bucket back up. And once you fill your bucket back up, you will have a clear head. Uh, Chances are you're not going to buy that fast food. Our chances are higher, right? That you're not going to buy that fast food. Okay. So that could be another shift or change that you can do. Something that you can do to change your shift, what's going on. All right. And, and also it may be that, It may be as simple as just finding new recipes. Maybe you're just tired of what you've been eating, right? Maybe it's just finding new recipes or shifting a little bit of what you're doing. Or maybe it's putting some of your favorite meals on a regular rotation. So that way there's less thinking involved. Because sometimes it's about making those decisions that takes up that bandwidth, right? So the less decision-making that we have to do, the clearer we can think. Just think about on a day-to-day basis, it's like you get up and if you don't know what you're going to wear, well, that takes up some bandwidth, right? But if you are, I know there's people that do this, that literally have like a simple shirt and the, the same type of shirt and pants or a skirt or whatever it is, and that's they have like a uniform, right? And so that eliminates that thinking that you have to do is because we have so many decisions to make on a daily basis, whether they're minor or whether they're major, no matter what, all those decisions are going to be taking up all the bandwidth. And um, you want to manage that bandwidth by clearing your head, by doing things that will allow you to think clearly, right? And that's a part of the challenge in our daily lives. So I encourage you to do that. So again, list Your what your priorities are. List out what has been happening in life and just get real. Uh, Make sure that what's happening in real life matches your priorities. If they don't, do some digging. Ask why that is happening. And once you ask why that is happening, you have your answer. The next question will be is what can you do to change or shift this? So I really, really encourage you to do this because you have to get to the root of the problem. It's If you don't, it's highly likely that this cycle will continue. Plus, Just think, if down the road this happens again because, hello, life, its chances are it can just because of life, you already have a cheat sheet. You already have some steps that you can take to remedy this, to get you back on your feet, and you can look at your previous answers for inspirations. This is why it's important to write those answers down, and even better, if you write them in the same notebook all the time, it makes it easier to find and reference. Another action you can take is to check out Joel's podcast, Poor Not Poor. It's a fun podcast to listen to, a different perspective, and I think you will enjoy it. So are you taking the action on the challenge I propose for you today? A great compliment to this challenge is my daily money ritual. This is a simple and fantastic way to keep you in the zone, not only with your priorities in life, but your finances. So if you haven't grabbed it yet, You can grab your free copy over at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Joel for joining us, for sharing his story, and for sharing such great nuggets and wisdom. You can check out the show notes on where to find Joel over at jenhempill.com forward slash 146. Also, I get messages time and time and again on how helpful this podcast has been for you. And that means the world to me. If you have found this episode helpful, inspiring, if you learned something, by all means, share with a friend, co-worker, or a stranger. We really never know what truly is going on in a person's life. And it may be that this particular podcast episode or another episode can make their life better, whether in a big or small way. Whatever way, it's making an impact. And I would greatly appreciate it. With that said, we will talk to you next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.